He's lying to your face. Don't believe him. Yeah, they, exactly. You know the fastest way to get me to believe that you're recording a conversation? Tell me that you're not recording a conversation. Yeah. Welcome yeah, to I the would Jack be surprised. Robot podcast. I'm Desmond Desmond Dan Robinson. Oh my gosh, you called me. In. I, I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. Fuck it. I'm just gonna start the intro. Do it. <laughs> I yep. already did the intro. <laughs> and we're live. What's up, everyone? Oh, and those beautiful tones are Christian the Demolum right of Ventura. Delays. What's up? The, the delays, the delays, and the now, delays, and now officially part of the podcast, Kaylee Warmer, the Quirk of. How many podcasters does it take to intro a podcast? Apparently one. Uh, uh, apparently none of them because we're <laughs> right. all fucking this up. More than three. Yeah. At, oh well. Um, as always. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you're new, we are now we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, and now on Stitcher. The officially l- on Stitcher. The year-long on running Stitcher. joke is dead. They approved us last week, and we're now on Stitcher. I did not know we had to be approved to be on any former podcasting site, so that that's new to me. Yeah, Stitcher's uh, trying to do like the OG Facebook method. Like, no, no, we're, it, it gives us an air of uh, coolness. It's exclusive. You gotta apply. Yep. <laughs> and now we're we have the explicit title next to um, the Giant Cosplay Robot. Hey, because you know we don't give no fucks. No, we don't. It's like, is that because I'm on here now? That makes sense. What's fair? <laughs> Harsh but fair. <laughs> the shit we have said the last year. You I'm surprised know. that we have not had more like talk about like the shit we've said. I don't think anybody who doesn't have an explicit tag on a podcast has ever thought of having me on. Like, no, that's not going to work. You can't spring that on me. I need like months of preparation. <laughs> I think. Well, it was a build up before I actually be on the podcast, and look where look where we at now. Don't say ass. Don't say ass. Don't say ass. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> And there we are. We already <laughs> two minutes in, and the first ass bomb has been dropped. Hey, I, we gotta earn that tag. If we're gonna have it, we're gonna earn it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, on this episode, we're gonna be talking um, fucking Activision merging Vice Carries Visions into Blizzard. Um, something, oh, God. Yeah, something that I found that was interesting um, from an article that we will not reread, but... Um, Mars Minerals researchers are trying to turn the red planet green. We have opinions on that. Like, seriously. Opinions. Um, and then last, Well, all of us. I'm not saying you specifically. I, I'm on the front of no, we should not be popular, like, in your words, colonizing Mar- and Mars. I mean, we already have fucking colonizers colonizing America and they took my people from Africa and brought us here and all through the West Indies. We're not, we will get into that later. Um, <laughs> and then lastly, we get towards the end of the episode. We're going to be talking about some Marvel superheroes and DC superheroes. Because, um, one, because of this whole fucking capital sedition shit, Punisher is dead. Do not look for any. There is comic books out there, but there won't be new produced any Punisher comics. Nor Marvel is going to be doing John Berthold's version of Punisher because these stupid assholes are storming the Capitol. 
I didn't even know that till just now. Fascinating choice. Well, these idiots want to use the Punisher logo to radicalize where the fuck they're doing. I mean, cops have been using the Punisher logo as a you know white supremacist dog whistle for years. That's yeah. what's really fascinating about it. I'm like, oh, are some people? I'm curious. I'm like, oh, are some people like just learning that for the first time that that's like a that's been co-opted? Yeah, no, that's. I hear Punisher and I reflexively am like, oh god, like. <laughs> Know, it's it's unfortunate. I know the creator of Punisher was super, super shocked. I'm like, how are you shocked? And then he says he doesn't have the internet. I was like, well, okay, you you're not online a lot, so all right, that makes sense. But still, how do you? Not That's know? privilege talking, though. Yeah. Imagine being able to not like be aware of the world around you to that level. That's what's crazy to me. Yeah. You've never seen a cop? You've never seen a cop car with the damn Punisher logo and like the American flag print on it? Yeah. Like, I know that from being around in the real world, not from being too online. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know pa- Thomas Jane, who, I, who I've actually met. He had... Um, and that was a good movie. I liked him in that. Yeah. John I have Travolta, low standards. John Travolta, though. I said I have low standards. What else do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I won't judge you because I have I own Punisher, but I also own Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern. So yeah, I didn't even see that, and I worked at the movie theater when it came out. I could have seen it for free, and I was like, no, my time is worth more than that. And I'll just say, it's good until Peter Sarsgaard comes back on the screen. I thoroughly enjoy the director's cut of Suicide Squad, so I'm just gonna leave you with that nugget. Hmm. What's? I actually haven't seen the director's cut. What's like? It adds a way. It adds a ton of scenes, and all of the scenes add context for the weird, random scenes that don't make any fucking sense, and they create a really cool through line where the entire movie actually has like. They removed most of the skeleton. For example, in Suicide Squad Theatrical, there's one or there's two weird flashbacks Harley has of like her and the Joker in the before times. And they're both out of nowhere and random. There were actually four flashback sequences and they kept the second and last ones. So you missed the intro one where they're setting up what these flashback sequences do and the narrative Uh. run throughout them. And then they cut to the second one and then they remove the middle one. And then they give you the ending that makes no sense because they removed the beginning and the middle. Like, it's fucking... Uh, you go, oh my god, all these flashbacks make so much sense. And because the flashbacks make sense and the flashbacks are building to the ending, the ending makes sense because Joker showing up, which also has extended scenes that got cut because they referenced the, the entire... It's crazy. They cut half the plot. It's like Batman vs. Superman. Batman vs. Superman director's cut's a great movie. Mm, I guess we're starting with um, superheroes. Whoa! <laughs> we're starting with superheroes. Then um, I told you! You knew! <laughs> kind of funny Damn, um, when greg came out with his batman versus superman was a good movie sign he looked into the crowd found me and then personally handed it to me because we are the only two people that understand that movie okay 
or a lot of unpacked. I'm gonna need to watch the the director's cuts now. This is yeah. They add so many scenes. Like the the director's cuts are unwieldy long, but I like long movies because I don't give a fuck. Mm. I you know I'm gonna watch four hours worth of a TV show. I'll watch a four hour long superhero movie. I don't care, especially because like it's entertaining the whole time to me. Yeah, I I don't know. I think, like, with the rise in, like, binge-watching, most people are, like, starting to be, like, have the attention span enough for a movie that long. That, yeah. I have the that Like, sense. I grew up as a kid watching miniseries that I thought were just long movies. So I've always been broken in that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I have no problem with a four-hour-long BVS or a two-and-a-half, three-hour-long Suicide Squad if hey, I- what's added makes the entire thing make fucking sense. You said miniseries, and for some reason, I'm like, hey, I grew up with Dinotopia. Anybody remember that one? No, No, for me, it was Rose Red. Rose Red was only a two-episode miniseries, but it was two two two-hour-long episodes. I thought it was a four-hour-long, like, movie when I rented it from Blockbuster all the time. For me, yeah, like... I think Dinotopia was like a three a three-episode miniseries. Oh, I remember when Dinotopia came out. Best believe. Yeah, but that was that was like what? Each one was like an hour and a half almost or like an hour? That's just a movie. That's just you know. Yeah, exactly. But it was like but supposedly it was a mini series thing and I'm just like what? Like I would just sit through and watch all of it all day. Exactly. It's like watching the Lord of the Rings movies, you watch all three in one sitting. Yeah. That's just boom. Alright, I'm about to <laughs> drop some bombs. One, Christian, I told you I uh what well, no, I, I don't think no, I haven't told you. I own the director's cut for BBS. If you want to use it, you can use it. I would love there you to. Go. Do it. Because I have not seen the director's cuts of either that and um, Suicide Squad. So Suicide Squad, I feel like I have a more human opinion on. Because I will say this. When I saw it in theaters, I was like, that's a solid C. Like, it's fine. It was very fine. And then my boyfriend at the time, when we were at home rented the director's cut and i was like are you gonna watch suicide squad a second time and are you gonna watch an extended version of it and he's like yeah why not and then we watched it together and it ended up being way better than i was expecting and so that was my position going in i didn't have like super high expectations that were dashed i had like this was an okay movie i don't really want to watch it again or a longer version but then i did that and I was surprisingly not like regretful. Okay. It was actually yeah. like surprisingly decent. Yeah, that's so similar to where I'm at with it right now. For me, yeah. I have not seen Suicide Squad since I saw it in the theaters. Same. I have no inkling nor will to want to watch any form of that movie. I'm still shocked and shook it that it won an Oscar for best costume because Killer Croc really looks like a fucking turd. He didn't like. It was costuming and makeup, and there was a lot of really good practical effects in Suicide Squad. If you watch the behind the scenes and the makeup team, I'll give you. I'll give. I'll give them this. Like all of the tattoo work on Diablo was like mostly practical. Like there was a lot of really wait impressive, seriously. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of really impressive practical effects Holy in that movie. So like shit. you can just like this. This like I did not like anything about Jared Leto's Joker. It's the most irredeemable part of the entire DC universe. It's bullshit crap are horrible indefensible it's, um, it's honestly but all like those tattoos and all the makeup and the way they did the teeth and everything there it physically was done highly well from a tactical standpoint that's the nice thing you can say about it which is why it only won that oscar you take um what's his name uh greg capullo's joker and you just essentially what's that fucking director's name for suicide squad um oh my god didn't did Tim Gunn do Suicide Squad? Didn't somebody that was supposed to be good do Suicide Squad, but everyone was still mad? 
Um, oh my god. Hold on, wait. We have the internet. Jesus Christ. We do. I was just hoping somebody else would Google it. Um, it, it was, it was, I'm Googling it, by the way. I have director David Ayer. David Ayer. Here's the thing, though. David Ayer, former cop, David Ayer. He he has some, some weird fascinations by taking an actor and overdoing that specific person. Like, look at, um, someone I don't like to bring up, Shia LaBeouf. It was not quite a nerd, not about? quite a hunk, Shia LaBeouf. It was his influence for Shia LaBeouf to do all those fucking unnecessary tattoos. Real yeah. tattoos at that. And then you couple that, like, years before with Suicide Squad, he does that to the fucking Joker. And it's like, that is unnecessary. You like tattoos so much, fam. Like... I love tattoos. I have, I have seven tattoos. But... Right, like, I have lots of tattoos, but, like, I don't go, like, you know what this character needs? Let's just throw on some random graffiti tattoos. Yeah. Like, that style of tattoo. Like, it's not just tattoos. It's, like, we'll put a random, like, ha-ha here, and we'll put, like, a little kitty face there. and It's all random. Which, some people also like that style of tattoos, which is very their thing. That's not my thing. If your arm's covered in a tattoo, I'd prefer a sleeve to just, like, hear 900 random tattoos that slowly cover my arm. But I get that some people enjoy that. Um, but also my leg is covered in seven random tattoos. So just anybody listening, like I'm, I'm a monster. <laughs> um, I got one random. I, I didn't plan my first three tattoos well, so there are just some random spots on my leg, and now I just kind of got to fill in. Like I've been there. I'm just saying it's not ideal. <laughs> I think that's the majority of people who start getting tattoos. Um, I've not seen the director's cut for Suicide Squad, but. Justice League, I'll, I mean, not Justice League. I do not want to talk about Justice League. I have opinions on that, though. But I don't even remember Justice League. I saw it in theaters, and I liked it, and I don't remember anything about it. I haven't even seen it yet. What? Wait. Oh, yeah, you have talked about it. Why am I? Why am I yeah, I've talked about this on podcast before. I haven't seen Justice League yet. That's okay. I don't think anyone. And somehow, somehow, it still hasn't been spoiled for me. And I know that's me asking. There's for not it. a lot to be spoiled, is the thing. But I literally don't know what happens in that movie. Yeah, I, I watched it. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't know. The that movie did a lot of like setting up cool things. That as a comic book fan, I kept being like, oh my god, that's like a setup for this, and that's. And it seems like basically all of the DC movies are building towards Flashpoint, and it's going to be a really cool, like Flashpoint thing. And all of the movies will retroactively make a lot more sense and be a lot cooler because they're going to be fucking Flashpoint. But no one wants to wait and be cool and just chill. And so now everything's ruined, and Flashpoint's not going to be as cool. But then you know, fuck what they did to Fisher. So yeah. now, fuck those yeah. movies in general. Like, yeah, that's why I dislike the DC films in general. Like, I'm I've said this before on the podcast. Why is their animation department better than their live action department? Their animation department has been better than any. Like their animation department for a very long period, including when the MCU was new, yeah. was better than the MCU's film department. Like the I love like Justice League: The New Frontier. Oh my god, so good. Superman vs. the Elite. Anybody who thinks they don't like Superman should either read that issue, that single issue comic book that Superman vs. the Elite is based on, or they should just watch Superman vs. the Elite. Yeah, they did a lot of really cool Green Lantern movies. Um, First Flight was really good. But, um, 
Yeah, they did a lot of cool stuff. I didn't like. I felt that the DC animated universe started slipping when they decided to do it. I wasn't a big fan of that when they were like, "Oh, we're gonna do like the new Fifty Two movies, and then we're gonna do like all of the movies take place in the same universe." So it's like a animated series but of movies instead of a tv show i didn't like that i loved the fact that every movie was like totally different art styles and like totally new like interpretations of all of these either famous books or just famous characters and you could there was so much creative freedom in the early animated movies but i do like the cohesiveness of the animated movies except for i started Sometimes I like to dabble in to rewatch the movie, but hearing the director's um, interpretation while the movie's going on. And that's where I actually started to dislike um, the animated um, universe. And that's why we, um, our podcast, we stopped reviewing them. Not because yeah, we did. When they say, it was like, you can hear the antagonistic tone in the director's voice when he's talking about fans and how they're like, oh, why this specific character's not in here? This specific character actually brings in the weight of the story that you're um that we're adapting it was like we don't care it doesn't fit our narrative we should like and it's like you just basically waving off so and i can see now because basically i see what why am i blanking on his fucking name um the creator of the watchman oh um oh my god more there we go i can now i can see what alan moore is talking about yeah, I mean, I still think Alan Moore is just kind of a curmudgeonly out of touch white guy, but he's not without a lot of his central arguments are right. He just tends to be a little hyperbolic drama queeny a little bit of the time, if I may. Because um, if you're going to be like, there's problems in the comics industry, it's like, well, no shit. It's a racist, misogynistic shithole like every industry there is. Name one that isn't. Like to a certain extent, like that's how I feel a lot of the time when people want to act like their industry is special for their like... No, every industry is just a microcosm of the world, and the world is garbage, so let's start making the world better. Now, you can focus on making your industry better, and other people can focus on making their industries better, and that's how we can make the world better. But yeah, you're, did you, like, because what it implies is that you thought at one point your industry wasn't, and that's what bothers me. Like, did you not think going into this industry it was going to be plagued with these fucking problems that are obvious because they exist everywhere? Like, you thought your place was special? That's what bothers me. Yeah. Um, Because there was like, most fans was asking, where's Green Arrow? Because he's um, tailored to this character. Like, where like these specific characters? Like, um, Tim Drake, majority of these films, Tim Drake is actually essential to the story that they adapted, but they they don't use it. They use Damien. A lot of Tim Drake. Yeah, I know a lot of people. Like, Tim Drake got shafted. He's a middle child. As the person yeah. who's Tim Drake is their fa- favorite Robin, just sorry. Like, you're a middle child. You're going to have to get over that at a certain point. They want to get Damien more popular and more, like, in the public conscious so people that aren't nerds know who he is. And they did that with Dick Grayson. And, you know, Red Hood made his own thing so he could be popular. But Tim Drake, I'm sorry, Red Robin's a stupid name. That's the name of a burger chain. You're not going to be popular doing stupid shit. Like, Damien is the new is the young new kid in town you're gonna have to get over that like tim drake they need to do something with him like they found a nightwing like they found a red hood they their attempt at fucking red robin was dumb i'm just it's just can we all admit that's stupid (laughs) (laughs) if tim drake wants to stop having middle child syndrome he needs to get a cool i grew up and i passed on my mental to damien like two other people passed on the mantle before me here's my new identity and he hasn't and that's the problem 
He's not a real person, so I'm talking about the writers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I didn't want to admit this. <laughs> uh, well... I didn't want to admit it because only because for some reason I did like Tim Drake as like the leader of the Teen Titans in the 52 run, but that was it. And even then yeah, I didn't finish that run and I'm just like, oh God, why is it so hard to like Tim Drake? Tim Drake's adorable. He's great. He's got a lot of things going for him, but I can't like, again, Tim Drake stan, but I also love Damien. Like there's, they're all so great. And Damien is so cute. In his Teen Titans run, it immediately won me over, you know, starting with him being like, Dad, Dad, it's my birthday. I get to have my own superhero team for my 13th birthday instead of a bar mitzvah. Like, it's so fucking cute. It's so fucking on brand for him. And, you know, because Damien's whole thing was like, you know, I'm like, you know, bloodthirsty Batman, how his growth story is always going to be like, okay, well, how does Batman teach his feral son how to not want to kill people? Like... The Teen Titans is such a great way to explore that because it has like characters like Raven who could so easily be evil but chooses to be good and showing you that choosing to do the right thing is a choice and like just it's so fucking beautiful giving him responsibility and all this great stuff. It's just good eats. Tim how Drake's, do you tame a feral child? You give how him do you tame a feral child? <laughs> <laughs> you give him his own superhero team, but he has to feed it every day. He's got to make sure none of them run away or get kidnapped into a different dimension. I love Tim Drake because Tim Drake, if you were to chop Batman into fragments of his personality, like some Captain Planet style thing, Tim Drake represents the detective. And I'm just the slut for a detective story. So I really want to see Tim Drake take off like uh, the new 52, like Nancy Drew style Batgirl. That was super cute. I would love a like Hardy Boys Tim Drake. Love that. I would almost even like huh. when they did the uh, Grayson spy thing for oh, uh, Nightwing. Yeah. Remember that? What if it was more like an Alex Ryder? Because he's got parents that are alive or like an Artemis Fowl thing. Because he's still got like his whole thing is that he actually has a living fucking parent he doesn't want to die. So he doesn't have quite as much freedom to so like not have that? attachments as other people. And I always think that's a fun area to explore. And I don't know. They retconned that because I'm, last time I read, um, Tim's father died. Yeah, they've gone bad. They've killed Tim's parents quite a few times. Because first he had parents, then he only had a dad, then his parents died in the New Fifty Two. Then it was like J.K. They're in the witness protection program. They've I know they have gone back and forth a lot. But the one what I'm saying is like if you're gonna have like a Tim Drake and what makes him special and let's write stories that like give Tim Drake an identity so that it is worth like exploring those things. I like the idea of exploring the fact that canonically he's the only one who's ever had living parents you know like yeah um and so i think that that if we're going back and forth and we're deciding i say we should pick that his dad's alive i think it's interesting in the same way that um barry having his dad alive during the flash show was cool um but he was in jail so there wasn't as much you could do with it so i like the idea of like i have to keep my parents safe and it's really really important to keep my secret identity and all that fun jazz that you don't get to see from like a, a you always get like the love interest angle of why you have to keep your secret identity and, and stuff like that or sometimes even kids but it's very rare because parents always die in comic books to have like a you know keeping your parents safe and most people especially kids that read comics can relate most of all with the like child love because they're too young to have romantic love and they're definitely not having kids um or like some people don't want to have kids and some people you know don't want to read about a romance because they're bitter betties that are almost 30 and single. I don't know who's projecting right now. Not me. Um, I was going to say. 
I can definitely appreciate the storytelling, like the 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 storytelling of trying to solve those kinds of like interpersonal problems, like those kinds of like how to handle those relationships and like a, a superhero standpoint kind of thing. Because I feel like the 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 way media is right now, we're so inundated by these constant stories of your parents are dead, your parents are dead, you come from like this dark place, or your parent. Like every single like hero's parents are dead or non-existent in their lives past like their their childhood. Yeah, right. Like, and that's obviously a truth that? for a lot of people, but for the majority of people, it's like I don't know if I became a superhero tomorrow, I'd still have living parents. How would I feel about that? Like, yeah, like you know? would you want to hide it from them? Would you be one of those? What like imagine a would story you talk where, like, to your parents about it? Would you? Yeah, would exactly. you like? Not even just let them know, hey, I'm Spider-Man, Auntie, bye. Would it be like, hey, I'm Tim Drake. My whole thing is I'm like solving like murder mysteries and stuff. Would I be bouncing things off my dad? Would he become more of a, a central character? Or, or would it be that like scurrying around? Like there's, I don't know, it's fun. I would yeah. be a unique superhero because my parents is already deceased. That I, 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 you, you have enough what? superheroes. Thinking yeah. about stuff like that. There's not too much that I like crazy enjoy from the Glass movie, like you know the the M Night Shyamalan ones. I've mm-hmm. not seen it, but the way that they portrayed like um, um, the dude from Unbreakable and his son in Glass, I really enjoyed that because it's like okay, like yeah, they, the the mom died because of cancer, but but either way, it's like he's being a he's being his own form of hero, and his son is very aware of it, and not only is he aware of it, he's like helping him. Yeah, and they have that kind of like relationship in a weird way. I thought that was super interesting. And like for to say, to say what there is to be said about those movies, that was a very di- like not very well fleshed out or very super represented in like normal media, like oh. relationship that you don't see. And I would appreciate seeing stuff like that in um you know in like dc movies and marvel movies why not show me that in stories like this two examples and i wish dc films did it before brian michael bendez took over superman superman had it all he had lois john kent his father his mother still alive kara still around connor has his own family connor kent superboy like the super family is actually doing fucking well ever since brian michael bendez took over John Ken's been taken with um been taken by his um biological father um to go to space and now Superman has spent time away from his wife and his son is now nineteen years old. What? Connor is now separated from his wife and kid and they killed off crypto. What? You gotta kill the dog. Oh I just don't get that. Even in horror movies. Stop Streaky. killing animals. It's Streaky's not cool. Gone. Streaky's also gone. The super cat. I will say I totally you make a fantastic point because we the only time we really do see that like child love, you know, what's opposite of like paternal, maternal, the child did know. I think it's paternal. Uh, but that's usually like paternal is like your your love as a father towards your son is paternal love. Mm-hmm. And I'm like So is so is it the other way too like that's like but like the only time we really see that like child relationship with living parents is a lot of times superman because yeah they'll kill off somebody but usually like mom will be around um but so that's a good point point. and i think a lot of uh, superman's best moments are centered around his parents and stuff like that so i think it's another good point that that should be explored more uh 
but moving from DC onto Image Comics, um, Invincible. Now, he has a good relationship with his mother. His father, not so much. Um, if y'all, the basic premise of Invincible, if y'all don't know it, including our listeners, um, the main character, Mark Grayson, who will be voiced by Steven Yoon in the animated series coming to Amazon later this year. He's so hot. Um, he finds Sorry. out that his father's an alien and a superhero. And on his birthday, his powers will kick in. Well, by this point, for the readers, if you read the first graphic novel that's already out, and then for the show, he already has his powers. He's been keeping a secret from his friends. Only his mother and his father knows. And apparently the government. Because in this world, all the heroes willingly registers their powers. Um... But when he gets to a certain point, then it flips. His father beats his ass. He tells him, I'm supposed to take over the world. You were supposed to help me. But I love you too much. I'm just going to leave you here bloody. Your your inside's almost out. He flies off into space. So a good majority is his mother and him are trying to reconcile like, my own father tried to kill me and try to take over the world. For a good part of the series while him trying to learn relationships being a hero still protecting his mother and then having his own damien moment with him um, having a his father he finds out later on has been populating other planets and he has other half siblings space colonialism see now we're going to transition to the middle topic and we're going to do the whole thing backwards yeah. <laughs> And speaking of colonialism. Right? How many times have I said that? Jesus. Um, I would say like seven times before recording. <laughs> enough, enough, to, enough to start a small colony. You either die liberal or live long enough to become a colonist? Is that it? I don't know. It's the opposite of a colonist. Uh, one more bomb drop. I have never seen Lord of the Rings start to finish any of the movies. An isolationist? An isolationist. Yeah. Start. Yes. I like it. We're going to make this political joke work. Sorry. It's three episodes. <laughs> Give us good. time. Um, I will say it. I've seen the first Lord of the Rings multiple times. I saw half of the second Lord of the Rings and then my mom made me go to bed because she started it too late on a school night and I was very angry and confused. And then <laughs> when I was in high school, my friend was like, oh, you've only seen like one and a half. Let's watch all of them back to back to back extended editions and also <laughs> KFC. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. And then it wasn't. And I just got really sick. And I don't remember anything that happened in any of those movies. I just remember wanting to be anywhere else but that chair after like seven hours. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a legitimate marathon. Like for the extended editions, I think that's like what you. I think total runtime is what again? Jesus, it's like over ten hours for sure. The first one, we were still so stoked that not only did we I watch the the uh, like the Fellowship of the Rings start to finish extended edition, and then we sat through all the credits because there's like a special thanks to all the Tolkien fan club members, and there's like famous names in there, and so we were we were still so hyped at that point and not burned out at all that we were like, oh look, there's that name we know. Oh look, there's that name, and we went through the entire fucking credits of the first movie. 
wow. by the end of the second movie is when I just started like blacking out because I was like 17 so it's not like we were drinking or smoking or doing anything fun it was just sober fried chicken and Lord of the Rings so by the way for all of them and because you specifically mentioned with credits right yeah uh, with credits with credits to watch all of them through is uh, 12.1 hours. Yeah. No, that's 126 it. minutes. Oh, God. It hurts. So I was going to say, I thought each of them were like four, four and a half hours long. Around there, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, it was about four hours into the first movie. We're like, oh, it's only been four hours? We're feeling great? We're so fresh? No. That, that next four hours went by much different. And then I do not remember the third movie at all. It was the only time I've seen it, and I just, I don't remember it. Lord of the Rings, 2001... I was 15. It's amazing how those still hold up. I was nine. Yeah, I was 15. I was. <laughs> I watched it on my PlayStation 2. Ha! Nice. Like the DVD. I was or whatever. Fast and the Furious. 2001. 2001. I watched that stuff. Two, yeah, 2001. <laughs> I remember that specifically because one, September 11th, two. It was my first ever knee surgery, so I was out of like just out for eight hours straight, and then almost dying after the surgery. Damn, dude! But Fast and the Furious, I saw it twice that one year. Once on my birthday because it came out on my birthday, and again in the hospital. It was like, "What movies do you have?" And it was they listed off all these movies, and I was like, "I was like, no, no, no." I think one of them was Pink Panther. I was like, I don't want to see that again. I never want to see that again. Um, like, don't make me, please. Not, it's not the Steve Martin one. The Steve Martin ones came out later. Oh, yeah. No, I, uh, yeah. Because um, I was like, because I, I remember specifically saying, which Pink Panther? Is it the cartoon? Or is it? It slaps, though. Yeah. So good. Or is it the one with Inspector Cousseau? She was like, oh, the one with Inspector Cousseau. I was like, do you have Fast and Furious? I just said to Blaine. I was like, yeah, we got it. I was like, I'll watch Fast and Furious. Furious? My mother was on a... Well, my my mother has a brother that's a year younger than her. And my uncle was on a baseball team with Paul Walker when they were children for years. And my mom has, like, all the, like, baseball photos of Paul Walker. She's very wow. upset when he died. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're from the same mountain town in California. Huh. Very weird. As she believe- I texted her like, TMZ says Paul Walker's dead. Don't you know him? And she was like, what are you talking about? She called me all upset. She, th- I, thought- she thought I was pranking her. I was like, that's a fucked up prank, mom. I don't like pranks. And that would be a weird way to start. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. TMZ was just like everything else. Like the only ones reporting it for a while because they're shameless. <laughs> yeah. And what a way to transition over to outer space. <laughs> outer space. Um... <sighs> So, we're not going to give this person who clearly has not gotten their work proof read nor doesn't know how to write, but we're surprised that they have a lot of articles under their belt. But the basic topic is something that is interesting, I said at the top of the episode. Um, I think it's more of a shot to the editors than the writer. I think the writer did a fine job, but nobody proofread this article. It just has lots of typos. The, the actual writing isn't like bad. You know, I'm never gonna work for IGN. IGN, y- y'all need to get better at proofreaders, man. Like seriously. Well, I'd have to pay them. Is the problem? <laughs> that too. You know, like how hard are you willing to work for like a nickel when your rent's twelve million dollars? Because you can't just do this online anywhere. You have to like come into the fucking super expensive office. 
Like, who, like, I, probably because I'm used to writing so fucking much for school. Well, I'm not in school currently, but for school, and then me and Christian used to work for a tutoring center, and it's always hammered in, like, who's your source, or better yet, who's your editor? And every time we go look for a source, it always has the writer and the, who was the editor next to the fucking writer's name. That's what IGN needs to do. If they want to be a, like, a, I'm putting up air quotes. One day we're going to do video. You can see me doing air quotes. They want to be considered the leading brand in gaming journalism. They need to actually do that. Show who's the yeah. editor to who, like, so. I straight up thought it was a CBR thing when I was reading it. Yeah, I thought it was one of the blogs. Like, but. Like, you know how you can just, like, anybody can have a blog on, like, IGN blogs, or, like, you yeah. could 20 years ago or whatever? I thought it was one of those at first, because I saw the IGN then, and I was like, oh, this can't be, like, a real article. And then I was like, oh, this is a real article. Why did no one proofread this? It was like, that's why I thought it. I was like, because, like, I don't know, maybe they don't proofread blogs. Oh, you was on my IGN um, blogs, too? Oh, no, I wasn't. I don't blog at all. I just knew they were a thing that existed. Oh, okay, I was, that, was just, that was me. <laughs> it actually helped me write, though. Well, a little bit more better with a structure and whatever. So, uh, Mars. <laughs> Mars. Mars needs. Mars do not need us humans. Um, no. so researchers are literally trying to turn the planet green. Now, yes, this is science fiction, but what I'm about to say, if it's proven in terms of science fiction, then writers are sometimes right. Humans should not expand anywhere where our own shit is fucked up. Ah. And yeah, no. Like, if our planet wasn't in the middle of, like, maybe dying and stuff like that, we could talk about it, but that's not the world we live in. Yeah. So, and then, and then on top yeah. of that, it's not going to be everyone who's going. It's going to be the fucking rich and the wealthy going to fucking Mars. It's going to be that or it's going to be the opposite where it's going to become like a fucking penal colony or it's, you know, Elon Musk has already been like, don't worry, I'll just let people become indentured servants that can work off the cost of the trip once they get to my planet that's outside of any legal jurisdictions. Like, we're already advocating for the outer world style, like, slave colonies. They're going to bring back fucking Red Gorilla or whatever. Remember that? That? Series. Yeah, I remember Red Gorilla from the Saints Row guys. Red Gorilla. Yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you have to, when I when I saw you post it, I was like, I remember Red Gorilla. Red Faction was my Red Faction. Red Gorilla. Red Faction. Red Faction. That's what it's called. That's what. Sorry, Red Gorilla. Isn't I'm getting like Gorilla Games lot. confused with Red Faction. Yeah, Red Faction already predicted Elon Musk, and it didn't end well then. And then the Outer Worlds was fun, but it's not because of how nice the colonies were. And how great women look in suits. Though. Women do like good in suits, though. That is true. I'm like, ooh. Actually, Kate Blanchett started... Uh, I feel Kate Blanchett started the trend because she looks magnificent. But, um... It could very well turn into that, what you were saying. Like, it could be the outer worlds, but real. Because you have people within with wealth and power taking people who don't have money to essentially be their fucking slave is is reversed by this point. It was like instead of a singular group of people, black people, and Latin people, Asian people being slaves, 
you're going to have uh, the majority of middle class and the poor being the fucking slaves in this in this point. And you're no longer earthlings. You're 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 Martians. Yeah. So what's the what are the what's the law situation? What's the somebody gets murdered on Mars? Who can charge them? Like you know, we got like whole slews of problems. So much more important than like you know how expensive will it be to grow a potato on Mars? Like I get the thought experiment, and to be fair, like yeah, cool. Let's scoop up some Mars soil and like test if potatoes grow. That's science. We should do weird shit with science. It's science. But if the question is, should we colonize Mars? It's the same answer as should we colonize anything? Which is, no, are you stupid? Like, come on. No, we shouldn't colonize Mars. We, we're literally all about to die. We still haven't fixed any, you know. Oh, did we still, did we fix homelessness? No. Maybe you should worry more about home. Oh, global warming's under control? No. Oh, that's cool. Oh, oh, we don't have any world famine anymore? Oh, that's so nifty. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, instead of, like, growing shit in Mars, maybe you should figure out if you can, like, grow anything in the Sahara. I mean, which one's less possible? You know, like, that sounds crazy and stupid. It's this fucking Sahara desert. But is that less realistic than growing shit on Mars? I don't know. Let's have science find out. I know, because I like Discovery Science, because they showed the Sahara Desert before. And I was like, oh, it was lush. It had water. And then over time, it became what we now know as the Sahara Desert. So it was like... The planet is going to get to that real soon. Hell, um, there's a portion enough. I remember in I want to say I want to say Singapore, where it was just a barren wasteland until I guess the government put some money. Their government put some money towards re fertilizing it, and is now back to being lush. Um, and just like a lot more animals are coming back. Oh yeah, we're learning about um possible ways to save the coral reefs too that have been proven really exciting so like we we here still like there is actually people out there who's trying to still save our planet but there's those like elon musk um jeff bezos rupert murdoch i'm forgetting the virgin it's just bored billionaires who are like what can i spend my money on that looks cool and like will make five-year-old me impressed because the only person I care about impressing as in 60-year-old billionaire is five-year-old me. That's why Richard Bronson was like, I'm going to own all the planes and all the trains and all the boats. Like, And then I'm going to go to space. He was the first one to go to fucking Virgin Galaxy. Like, Richard Bronson is the trendsetter for what five-year-old's dream or billionaire white dude's going to chase down next. Yep. Um, and then, and something they have not, once again, I have to piggyback to that article, but I also looked at other ones. Not only is the fact that they're probably trying to see if anything can grow, they still have to worry about the seventh month trip to Mars, because we don't have the technology just easily, once again, we're picking it back on Star Trek and Outer Worlds, to jump skip from one planet to the next within like an hour. Well, yeah, that's the reason that they're trying to study, because the entire thought is, like, if you were to realistically want to send people to Mars, you couldn't, like, right now, when we send people to the space station, which, by the way, if Elon Musk is so worried about space, we have almost completely covered Earth in a protective sphere of debris, and, like, something like 80% of it is caused by Elon Musk's bullshit alone. So maybe he could just clean up space instead of trying to send more things to it, like that car. That car is rotting in space above us right now because he's a fucking idiot. 
Anyways. Imagine that shit um, coming back and it's, and it's going to ruin someone's so day. So stupid. Like, we're, we're having issues where now satellites are having interference and struggles with, like, GPS because there's so much shit clouding up the space where you could usually just send a signal that now we're getting fucked with cell phone. It's so stupid. I hate everything. But yeah, like before, if you wanted to send people to space, you'd send them to like the International Space Station or fuck it. It used to be like the moon, which, hey, fuck Mars. Let's start at the moon. I don't know. It sounds more fun. But anyways, going to the space station doesn't take five minutes, but it's a really pretty reasonable trip. So if people in the space station get hungry, you can just send them food and then they'll get that food before a human being would starve to death. But with Mars, you can't at any point rely on being aided by supply ships. You have to be willing to you have to be prepared and ready to send a ship that has all of the things you need to continue sustaining the colony on Mars itself. And, like, yeah, you'd have, like, occasional supply runs, ideally, but you can't count on, like, 40% of your food coming from supply runs. So that's why they're like, if anybody was to go to Mars, it would take so fucking long to get there that we wouldn't have enough space to put seven months of food for everybody on board and also, like, another five months. Like, as soon as you land, you're going to have very little food left. Stuff like that. So that's why they're focusing on, like, how would you grow crops? What's the fastest? And how nutritious are they? And things like that. Because you have to plan, like, okay, once we get there, how do we build a place to live? Because we can't bring enough shit to build, like, houses for everybody out of Earth shit. We have to figure out how to, like, old school blacksmith the materials that we find on Mars so that we can start making, like, rudimentary structures and things like that. Like, that's how they're viewing it. So the whole growing things is definitely, like, step one in honest space travel to Mars. But why are we even talking about earnest space travel to Mars? That's crazy. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say within the time frames that they're outlining for their projected missions to Mars and stuff, it's not not totally wrong. I mean, yeah, obviously we need to fix our stuff here on Earth before anything else. But the time frames that they're talking about, it's like from learning how to be able to first of all even grow food to solve that problem, that in and of itself could take years before it's ever actually like feasible to do that. If it is, let alone to solve to all that. the other problems that you've mentioned. Yeah, but it, but we have to like. I would say that we have to like start thinking about that stuff as much as possible. And it's people like why? NASA's job, NASA specifically, is what I'm saying. Because because why, why not? Like for, like that is because that's honestly there's more... an opportunity cost because if NASA's studying that NASA's not studying anything that could help the Earth not die like we're in the middle of a gl- climate catastrophe where we're already a little bit fucked and now we're in the we're in the mitigation section like we dicked around too long now it's not like if we don't turn around soon we've already passed the point of no return so now it's about mitigation right. so anything you that NASA is doing astrologists to learn about like to start like gearing all of their like astrology knowledge to like growing plants when they don't even know how to do that but we're talking about the plant people from mars the, the people right. that are growing martian soil so those people again why aren't they trying to figure out how we can grow shit in the areas that aren't growing food on earth well a lot of technologies that like were meant for space travel eventually did make a make some sort of technology available on earth if That's they're true. learning about and how when... to how to grow in like non non-regular conditions stuff again i just want to be clear on my argument it's not we should never study this it's when we're in the middle of a catastrophe suddenly it becomes okay we don't have time for like the extra fun stuff we have to be focused on here 
because if we're doing that, because it's a real opportunity cost when time is a limiting factor. When time isn't a limiting factor, yes, we should, of course, be studying how to grow shit on Mars. That's awesome. That's so cool. But if you're talking about in 2020, we should be 2021. Jesus. If in 2021, should we be paying NASA scientists to try to grow potatoes in Martian soil? I don't think that's the best use of our resources in 2021 with NASA right now. That is my only point. Okay. Okay, you know I can I mean? see like, where your point is. Of there. course it's cool to be like, yeah, can we grow stuff on Mars? What if like we get to a point where it's like reasonable to go to Mars? Then yeah, that's awesome. But if you're asking if right now I have $500 million in NASA's budget, I have 300 scientists, how should I allocate them? I'm not allocating any to the Martian Potato Project right now. I'm just I'm just not doing it. I'm sorry. Say the got you, got you. The polar ice caps are melting. Right? Like, look at the starving polar bears trying to find land and tell me it's like, no, NASA should be working on Mars potatoes. Like, that's what, I don't know. They look so sad and hungry. If we, if <laughs> now, a bummer. I'm laughing because I'm sad. I know. And I know I said at the start of the pandemic, I hope half the population is gone. Oh, I want to apologize. Oh, that's a good apology. Um, half apology because there, there's just some people who are still alive, and it's like, why the good has to go, but you evil fuckers are still alive. Um, sorry, once again, sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the corner. That's like I used to be one of those people, though. I'd be like, oh, well, if the South was stupid, I wouldn't feel bad. Like, whatever, fuck the South, they're all stupid. And then, like, growing and like getting involved in politics was like, oh, that's really reductive and harmful, and ignores a lot of things like gerrymandering voter suppression and racism so learning to like not make those snide jokes about like the south the south as like one big entity has been kind of my like oh i really have to like make a culpa with the shit out of that so it's definitely like fuck florida cut it off like that bugs bunny gif and then it's like oh there's a really large hispanic population that doesn't deserve that in florida yeah like and that's the same when you're thinking about health me and Christian's home city. Well, Christian's in San Diego. But my um, home city, LA. Like, there's a lot uh, of good people. But, <laughs> but oh, fuck. I know that I know the Infinity Gauntlet isn't real. But I just fucking wish I could just snap people out of fucking existence. This is like, <laughs> seriously. Like, I mean, not seriously, Whoa. but I get what you're saying. Yeah, it like, I don't know. You can really see the effects of almost 100 years of like anti-education policies and like just that. I just find it so tragic. A lot of times we're just like a lot of people just grow up in situations where they have no chance. Like you're just going to be fucked. Like you see somebody you, like when I see like that fucking libertarian chick on my timeline popping out her fourth kid and i know that like oh that kid's not gonna have like that all that kid's gonna hear is like bullshit like imagine growing up in a household where the only channel that was ever on was fox news and expecting that child to like somehow navigate 
between right and wrong accurately when that's all they've ever been exposed to and they truly believe that the everybody's out to get them and they're going to be murdered in the streets like if i listen i watch clips of fox news and they're terrifying that channel is scarier than any horror movie they really do just constantly want to make you feel like everyone is about to kill all the socialists they're gonna kill you in the streets it's what they want to do so bad we got to save ourselves like it's really terrifying and so it's easy and I'm very guilty of just being like, oh my God, fuck these guys. Like they're irredeemable. And most of the time it's true, but like there was a period when it wasn't. And that's what kills me. Like there was a moment in time when like they were a small enough child that if you would like DCFS them into like a home where they were exposed to thought and reason and education that they could have not been pieces of shit. And it's such a, it's such a tragic indictment of our entire society every time I see this shit. And then there's people who don't actually have access to hell. Even if Fox News is the devil, um, there's still people who don't have access to proper news sources. Or My education. family's from rural Wisconsin. My dad's family doesn't have computers. There's no cell phone signal. There is no internet. Like they, I, and they're in Racine and Kenosha. That's where like the Kenosha shooter. That's where my fucking family's from. It's all woods. All they do is like hunt and drink. That's it. Like it's fucking a different world. They are 45 years in the past because infrastructure has failed them. There are no cell phone towers. There are no broadband lines. There is no way to get them any information at their fingertips the way that we ha that i have an hour and a half away like it is heartbreaking and all that, they have is like time and time and the ability to cause trouble true. And, and that's in terms of that perspective or in terms of my perspective growing up through shit late 80s throughout the 90s drug war gang war seeing people of color well mainly specifically black and mexican men going through like the essentially the school to prison pipeline and then mm -hmm. see, seeing like hell firsthand i'm walking out of the um campus that me and christian used to work for i'm getting ready to catch the train to go home i'm getting stopped because i fitted a fucking profile like like really like, yeah, when I was growing, so when I turned 18, I moved out and I moved to Rockford, Illinois, which for the last 10 years has been in the top five, like, murder capitals of America. It's, it's got a lot of charm, but it's got a lot of problems. Uh, and I had a friend of mine get mugged on his way walking home from the library to my house. And when they were like, hey, what's in your backpack? And it was, he was like, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And they're like, no, give us whatever. Like, you got a laptop in there. And then he opened his backpack and he had nothing but Yu-Gi-Oh cards. So they shot him. Like, down the street from my house, just walking home from the library. He's fine now. He survived. But, like, yeah, that's just, like, what the fuck? You know how many things have to happen for that to just be how it is? Like, you could just be walking because you don't have a car and because you can't afford the bus because there are no buses that get to your neighborhood. Like, you have to walk to the fucking library and then walk home and it's just like nope yeah, well, nope i've seen it i i've oh i've actually witnessed it i saw a dude coming out of and this is somewhere i almost got shot i literally was coming out of this liquor store no more than two minutes after i walked across the street the person who was standing behind me this car rolls up to where that guy was standing and he's like you still owe me and i'm like Fuck, and you usually hear, I'm like, if I was there just a minute longer, waiting for some of the cars to move by, 
I would have probably got in the middle of that shit. As a bystander. Mm-hmm. So I don't like, leave my home. So, I just can't do it. And it's like, and now we got this shit. Was like, let's put humans on. Like, no, no, stick all those people here. If we die here, we die here. Let's not sit. Well, that's, and that's what it is. Is it's either the like outer world slave mines of Mars, or it's the rich people build a utopia on Mars, and then when global warming gets too annoying for them to not be able to pay their way from dealing with, they just hop on their private spaceships and they bounce and leave the rest of us to die. Like that's those are the two options when Elon Musk is like I want to build a space colony on Mars. That's he means one of those two things. I want to send a bunch of slaves to Mars to make money for me because slave mining is all my family knows or um I want to make sure that I have a place to go because uh this planet looks like it's about to go to shit and I don't want to deal with it. And on top of that like how the fuck currency is going to work? Like yeah, you right. Is be- it U.S. dollars? Are we going to claim Mars for the U.S.? Like, is Elon going to get down there and put, like, a little Elon Musk flag and it'll be, like, a fucking Pepe symbol or whatever? Like, who knows? All we right. could literally have a Kakistan on Mars. Uh. Yeah, y'all know that's true. You're out fucking quiet because Elon Musk is the type of dipshit to think that's funny. No, I'm, I'm, honestly, uh, I'm honestly getting kind of quiet because, like, this is what I've been kind of studying for and kind of what I wanted to do with my shit, but um, that's kind of why I'm staying quiet right now. You want to go to Mars? I, I I want to apply for... Yeah, I don't want to talk about it now, honestly. I don't kind of want to talk about it now. Okay, that's fair. I'm not going to make you talk about something you don't want to. But that's kind of why I'm being a little quiet here, because it's like, alright, well... The kind of the profession that I want to be in at NASA and JPL, and see if I can start researching that stuff. But maybe it's a waste of time, you know. I mean, thought about the ethical implications of that work, in a, like in a real. Like I'm, I'm honestly asking, like if you're like, well, I've thought of it this way, and I feel like it's actually morally good because of X, Y, and Z. That's yeah, that's absolutely I, your I've opinion. thought of it as morally good in a in a different way, but I don't yeah. know how I can necessarily refute you because I, I think the thing that is. I get. I think getting a little mixed in here is the work that NASA does for space versus the work that Elon Musk does privately in SpaceX. Right, and again, I have a different reason why I'm more yeah, because I'm not talking about SpaceX. I'm not talking about, yeah. like, like the article that we read that like kind of started off of this um, was uh, was plans for that NASA was having, not Elon Musk. Yeah, and so because, like so if we're just going to talk about the NASA aspect. That's when it gets down to like in 2021 with the opportunity costs being what they are i think that it's a greater opportunity cost than i'm willing to spend that's all it comes down to is it's more of an economics thing for me at that point yeah i understand that's why like even nasa and jpl were defunded for a long amount of time right and i think that's stupid to be honest like you shouldn't be defunding them you can just be like hey let's focus these brilliant scientists energy here as opposed to there i think it's like you're right where people take it to a wrong step and they start defunding science in the same way that they defund arts and then throw it all in the military like that's gonna ever be fucking useful like so that's also uh, it's a very nuanced conversation and most people least of all politicians are like kind of not capable in speaking of that nuance i feel because you have people that are so incapable of nuance like elon musk which that's why it's easy it's easy to discuss elon musk because he so lacks nuance that you don't need nuance to discuss him right um so that's why it's easy to default to that 
Um, so that's why, we, no matter what, when you start talking about space, you end up falling into Elon Musk the more you talk about vagaries, because vagaries lack nuance. And the more specific you get, again, specifically talking about these farmers that work for NASA and got money to practice crazy farming and chose crazy Mars farming. While I think that's really interesting, and my gut reaction is, that's really fucking cool. If you're asking me, Kaylee, would you like to ponder the moral implications of that decision? I'd be like, hmm. If I have, if you're asking me to defend that decision in like a debate, I would have to. I would rather take the side because I think it's more defensible, which tells me that's probably the side I think is correct. Um, that that was a, a poor use of money allocation at that time. Now it could be we already had paid to get these samples, and if these samples sit too long, then their properties in them will change, and we can't experiment with them, and that whole thing will be a waste. So that's why we did it. You know, the more nuanced the situation, the more nuanced the, I feel about the topic. I feel like morality is as relative as the moral situation. I feel like the more specific a situation, the more absolute the morality of what is right or wrong in that situation. Mm -hmm. And so. If, you're, if that's the case, then hell, I change my mind. I think that that is a good, if you have the stuff and it's going to go bad if you don't and you already did that, that's a different opportunity cost. And then let's go ahead and we'll run that, like, let's get it quick. Let's not, like, go crazy about it. Anything that can wait should wait, but anything that can't wait shouldn't. That's right. how I feel. And if you're asking me which one can wait more, it's going to be Mars as opposed to like everybody dying here. Right. But if no, you're asking, and that, like, makes, that makes complete sense yeah. because you're right. The, like the, re the resource allocation thing is obviously the precedent at the moment because of what's going on like globally, like our situation, you know, like global warming is just one of many things that is like starting to fuck us over. Right. But like, that's something that's completely man-made because we're doing that to ourselves with the way that we like process our shit. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is definitely a much more pressing issue than yes, the Mars potato thing. But if you ask me, like, should nobody go to school studying space? No, that's fucking nuts. Like, if you're in the middle of going to school, learning about that with an intent to study Mars when we have time, we need that because ideally we'll have time for that really soon. Because climate change is a problem we could fix if we make really large, drastic changes quickly. Like, yeah. in ten years, I would love to have time for that. I don't think ten years is very far away, relatively speaking, in terms of science. Right. Um, so, like I said, it's a nuanced conversation, and I don't want you to be afraid of getting too nuanced. Like, I don't want you to be quiet because you're like, oh man, this is going to be like a really, like, well, no, like, hash it out. We can hash it out. Yeah, yeah no, no. I just, I just didn't know how to approach it without sounding like I'm immediately defending crap. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, when it's something so personal, it's hard not to get defensive. And when you feel yourself getting defensive, it's like, I'd rather be quiet than defensive. And I feel that's kind of where I was at. Right, exactly. So I'm like, let's talk it down because it's because it's not an attack; it's a conversation, and that's you know, it's if we want it to be that nuanced, I have no problem getting that nuanced. But I wanted to know what did you want to do with um going to, if you wanted to work if you still want to work for NASA and JBL? What did you want? To do? Right. So I I still do. That's the intent. <laughs> that's like what I'm like trying to build my major tours right now because didn't the destroy thing... my entire life. I promise. <laughs> no, like seriously, it 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 like. Okay, because because my 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 educational background has been all has been all computer engineering and computer science, mm -hmm. but the uh, but the thing is, it's like I'm I've been I've been wanting to use that in a specific way that for me, um, for, for, like fulfills my 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 desire of being to not only able study like new sciences and be like at the forefront of like learning learning the kinds of 
new um new discoveries that we could directly apply to like technology now but also how would i apply um computer computer science how would i apply what i've actually learned and what i'm passionate about personally like in in that kind of level how could i apply that towards a greater good science field and space has always been something that has fascinated me since i was young it's always been something that i've been um that i've been like when i really think about it what i've been kind of striving towards as like an example of what I want to be scientifically. And that's something that I'm con going to continue studying for. Like once I can, once I continue getting my bachelor's uh, or finish getting my bachelor's, I want to continue on and then ideally get a master's and have that go into more of a um, uh, physics field and start applying that, that like, it's all, it's all a pathway to eventually start working either at NASA or JPL. Ideally, ideally, I would be at one point um, applying for the actual astronauts program. Yeah, and, tell uh, us your and, dreams. Yes. Huh? I said, yes, yeah. tell us your dreams. Yes. <laughs> because I I do want to actually I get. I love this. Honestly, I would li like, I've been, I've been looking at like the requirements for it, like both timing in how long it would take me to continue my studying, how long it would take me to continue getting my educational background. Um, I would also need to start building like my, my career background. Right now I'm working as an IT for, uh, for a company, but I would like to move that into more, uh, again, into a more scientific field later on. Everything that it has to do with like the physical aspect of like becoming an astronaut beyond just the educational background i feel like i'm i would be competent for i love and, the idea of more astronauts that don't have military backgrounds to be honest and that's you. the other like, thing that's too. great that's like, the other thing too that's I, super I, cool you have I no specifically idea specifically <laughs> was gonna mention that yes i want to be a astronaut that does not have a military background yeah like my my space boner is always like i like star trek more than star wars personally like my space boner for that like especially 60s retro futuristic space is just through the roof but oh, yeah. love oh, yeah. love the idea of like oh like an astronaut but not like i was in the military for a really long time first and i'm just like that's an that's a thing that can happen you guys you don't understand yeah <laughs> like, and, yes. and the, and the reason i want to learn about this stuff is not just i mean when we talk about it morally right mm -hmm. when when you learn about like the different things that that have influenced technology over time and how many of those things stem from the study of space and how many of the things that we like some of the basic things that we take for granted now that we that we just use every day like for example time zones right like trying I to thought trying you were to gonna even, say tang but time zones are cool too time zones uh, tang is awesome <laughs> don't get me wrong i miss tang i miss All that right. orange that orange cardboard too with the freaking chimpanzee on it we yes. went in very different directions but yes space but, is a lot but, of things. but things like <laughs> things like time zones right it's like if we have to know the space we have to know where we are in space in a, in our position to be able to like calculate our uh atomic clocks to then be able to make sure that everything is synchronized over time because without knowing about that kind of stuff which all came from space exploration we would not have even the same kind of communication systems we do now uh -huh, you love space and I and I, I I obsess over the ideas of finding out new things and learning about different discoveries and like figuring out the properties of of like the natural world that we live in because it very much informs 
how we how we position ourselves as a society moving forward. Absolutely. Do you... And I don't I don't care necessarily about specifically colonizing Mars. Like you said, who the fuck cares about That's colonizing? Like, colonizing you very quiet. What I was like, is your dream to colonize Mars? And no, then you no. got quiet and I was like, oh my God, is your dream really to colonize Mars? No, <laughs> like... it's not to colonize Mars. It's to okay. explore space. Okay. But to but be able to explore like... space... As I, shitty as the politics are gonna be, we do still need way stations. We are gonna still need spots to stop at to be able to further go into space and further deep explore. I might not ever get to do that in my lifetime, but hopefully my work will help build that foundation for future generations to be able to then further deep in explore in and around our own universe. So, because the universe is, is expanding constantly. And the I, I know like in a macro scale, a micro scale of other things, obviously our position on earth and our like ecosystem is the first thing we should care about. Because if we're, if we don't take care of that, we're all going to die. That's obvious. Yeah. But also on an like astronomical scale, we are ever expanding out. And the longer we take to go further deep into space, the physically farther it is to weigh, uh, away from us it is and the harder it will be later i want to meet aliens so and if we meet aliens who knows that could be like that could solve or create so many problems but it's all by the way it'll discovery. be dope i can't wait yeah. for her to be like oh man god's not real oh it's gonna be great i love aliens so essentially you want to create the citadel yeah, right, but I, mean, I guess my argument to you would be like, obviously, I think people should go to school for that. I think once you have your degree and you're applying for jobs, I would ask of you to at the time, whatever the world looks like when you're applying for jobs and you're choosing how to use this knowledge you've acquired at that time, I would be like, hmm, what positions can I apply for? There's like three, JK, I'm just going to take anything, like we're being realistic here. But on right. a less realistic note, I would be like, hmm, I want, my, my idea is to further space travel. What's a, what's a thing that I could, you know, if my goal is like altruistic studying of space for the, in like a utilitarian sense, what should I be doing? I would hope that you'd be like, okay, well, again, by the time I graduate, our Earth will be so covered in space debris, we cannot safely launch ships. So maybe I should be figuring out ways to clear and do something like just launch it into the sun. Fuck it. Whatever. I'm not a yeah. science guy. You know, maybe I should start to, focusing to be fair, there. You probably so we, wouldn't be that far off because that's probably going to be somewhat the best option. My idea, like, like. I don't know a lot of science. I just listen to a lot of science, guys. I love using not science words to talk about science things so that I can get... You know, I find it less intimidating for normies. People give me trick a lot them into shit. learning. People give me a lot of shit for liking Neil deGrasse Tyson because it's like, oh, everybody likes Neil deGrasse Tyson. But it's like, no, he. I like him because he has a very, very good way of being able to take a very complex like astrophysics topic and break it down into something that's easy to understand. Yep. See, I was actually in love with Lawrence Krauss's ability to do that until like, oh. like he got me too too, but then so did Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like all the good science guys are me too. So just know any science guy I recommend from a science point is probably a creepy handsy creep because I loved Lawrence Krauss. I still use Lawrence Krauss's sheep argument against fucking bigots when it comes to homosexuality all the time. Oh. Love nice. him. Carl wants to it just for for the listeners and you guys as well if anybody wants to know like a real easy quick book 
that gets your mind like in a very um it gets you thinking about like astrophysics and space as a whole and what it means to like human society in general there's a very quick book that i would recommend that neil degrasse tyson released not too many years ago that's called um astrophysics for people in a hurry Oh, that's a good title. I thought yeah. you were going to say Lawrence Krauss was the theory of everything. Which was no, 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 no. That's out, a great but... one. But that's like way too long. And I would not normally recommend that to people if they're not like into the topic already. It's just like long. I have no concept of vlog. I'm so like, again, yeah, I'm so dumb. I was like, oh, Rose Red, that's a good movie. Four and a half <laughs> hours long, Kaylee. Yeah, that's why it's two tapes, just like Titanic. But yeah, but but that's astrophysics for with uh, for people in a hurry is a short book that kind of covers like a wide base of topics um, that that has to do with obviously astrophysics and how they relate to the things that we that we observe every day. I would also say that the Serious Inquiries only podcast has done a lot of uh, really good episodes with astrophysics that breaks it down <laughs> in really cool ways. But anyways. Um, Life's good, except everybody in it is terrible. You should study space. People who are going to school right now for space, do not stop. Just when you, it's the time to be like, what can I do with my time? I just want to make sure that at the very least, you know, the science people are different than the arts people. And so I just want to remind everyone, like, just whatever you're doing, arts people, science people, just think about the ethical implications of your choices. Like, frequently, you know, in gaming, you know, stop being sexual harassers in in science you know maybe stop being sexual harassers in politics uh maybe <laughs> stop being sexual harassers okay. sorry <laughs> it's like, you know, you know, i'm noticing a theme here right? like, just do a little checksy like, like hey are you okay you know what like why don't we just stop being sexual harassers right? that's just too much to ask i don't want to make demands you know i don't want to be labeled a difficult person to work with but no um, I've been. I think that was a good talk. For me, I hope you're feeling better because you had a lot of good science things to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I guess I know a lot about science. <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm like, thank you because I'm both embarrassed and like, if we were if we were on video right now, I'd be very red. <laughs> but you shouldn't be embarrassed. This is something you're passionate about, though. Okay. Be because yeah, it is something I'm legitimately passionate about. <laughs> Yeah, you be I like this show most of the time where he doesn't give a fuck. Most of the time, yeah. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I care about everything that we're talking about, but most of the time it's not like that thing that hits me like, oh, yeah, this is something I've thought about since I was a child. Yeah. Everything that I talk about on this show is something I've thought about since I was a child. Let me just say that now. <laughs> um, Christian is the scientist. I'm the artist. Um, what does that make me? The host. Yeah, what's <laughs> up? Commandeering your podcast, there episode you one. There you go. Because <laughs> I'm working on getting my master's um, in inter interdisciplinary um, fine arts, which means I'll be working in sculpture, um, sculpting, painting, photography. Um, but I want to do it more for teaching because you are right. We have people, just like in science, who should not be working. Like, you make people uncomfortable like i know you make people uncomfortable like i, I, have, I have a <laughs> it's a companion podcast to this called artist talk and there's one person i wanted to have on who's now an alumni there's a professor who still works there already been reported on nothing happened they got seniority 
Oh. Um, we have an, I had a, another artist. She said she as she as someone who is she identified as pansexual, but she does not feel comfortable in the art department because she feels not everyone is respectful for those who identify in the LGBT plus um, spectrum. And I was like, and me sitting in it like, obviously straight dude. I'm thinking we all get along. No, just like the oh, doing, bless your heart. Like doing these episodes, doing those episodes, and learning more, especially during my time there. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? And then it always piggies back to like, but it's like, but you, Des, you was cool. And I was like, I was blind to it. And I'm always, I'm, and I always, and I tell them after the episode, I was blind to it. I was not helping. I was like, I wasn't really helping. Like, yeah, now because we're putting it out there, and people can hear it. But it's still the fact that I was not at the time helping and help facilitating. Now, hopefully, being a professor, having and I want to create an atmosphere for students to be like, "Yo, if that is going on, if it is risking my job or my profession as an artist, I would do it because we should be having a community and atmosphere where everyone should be fully comfortable being who they are, and not any no sexual predators or anyone in this fucking in this in this shit." Preach it. Because I did feel like really bad. Like, what the fuck? I was like, did I do anything? And I thought of, you know, when you say something you're thinking, but you say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And I did cut that out with one episode. She was like, no, you actually, it was like, I guess apparently days. And then I guess I did something that helped them with the rest of the day. I was like, I can't take. I could take criticism, but I can't take praise very well. I don't know. I feel I, that. I, I was like, that's weird with me. Someone was like, that is weird. You can take getting criticized, but you can't take it. I was like, weird. I will die not knowing how to take a comment. That's I, just I can, I, I can, agree, I can sympathize with that. <laughs> right? How, how, what do you fuck do you do? Like the thing that girls usually do, I don't know. So hopefully this isn't too big a peek behind the curtain, but the thing girls usually do is if like you give a girl a compliment, they'll just like, like give one back. Like, oh, your shoes are cute. Then it's like, oh shit, uh, what looks cutest on you right now? And that's like, then you just like blurt out, oh, your hair looks good, whatever it is. Like, other than the other than like respond with a compliment, I don't know what you're supposed to do to a compliment. It's very weird. The only I have done audibly and in front of crowds. All right, what I'm supposed to do with that, <laughs> right? Like, what? okay, there, well, there, sorry, the, the best I've found, the best reaction I found, especially against people that say, just take the fucking compliment is um just saying thank you right <laughs> and- it's so hard just leaving it at thank you oh god you know it's like thank you that didn't come off as rude right yeah no, like no. like, like, I'll, like I'll, I'll normally add something after the thank you but eventually sometimes there's people where it's just like no they just want to hear a thank you it, See, I- i've gotten up to like thank you but then like taking it away a bit with like a self like oh your dress looks nice i'm like oh thanks i just like threw it on like your hair looks nice like thanks i thought it looked like shit like you have to like balance it out yeah like an insult for me it got to the point where it's either a close friend about this point um when i was in the art department they'll come up to me like they're gonna be praising you they're gonna be telling you congratulations just take it don't say anything don't don't be smart ass just take it i was like all right all right very weird to say just take it but, all right. Thank you. <laughs> so, Freezing, but I guess there was literally also- <laughs> there was literally photos of me with a like a very like I want to say something smirk on my face, 
and they everything I'm smiling like no I wanted to tell people to shut up let's get this over with Desi I would argue that's most photos of you yeah that's true damn no that is true that is true he he, he dropped the tea there he dropped the tea. there's a lot of photos where I'm like let's get this over with <laughs> I'm pretty like sure that was here like employee photo when we worked together when we had to take our ID photos I had to, I was the one one of the co-workers who had to take it multiple times because I did why? not because hey, I, I did not want to look in front of the camera I didn't I wanted to like you know your face you know your angle I did not know I had a lazy eye until I did that fucking photo yeah lazy eyes become very apparent I think I got one too um, I was like, look at the angle. And then I show my boss, look at the angle. I don't have no hat on. My hair is cut. My beard is off. At the time, I ain't had no beard. I was like, she was like, all right, fine. I can see you actually see your face. I was like, thank you. I wouldn't take a fucking ID photo. Everybody knows who the fuck we are in the first place. Literally, they had our schedules plastered with our faces on it and on a fucking board. And then they have the gall to make everyone wear a fucking name badge. Yep. That's annoying. Also with our photos on it. So it was like, and I was, I remember this is right around time before, actually no, I got yelled at and Christian heard, heard this yelling because it was, I'm always the one getting yelled at. <laughs> I remember saying, Either you or Christopher. It, see me is because I was working <sighs> IT, you know, on the sure. off chance. So I'll just say this. Because the person who we're talking about more likely be here in this episode, and they do follow us. Oh, dang. Next topic. Um... <laughs> Honestly, this is this is super real. I forgot what the next topic was, and then I remembered what it was, and then I got really excited because it's like, oh my god, holy shit. The next topic is that Activision Blizzard killed another thing we loved. Yes. Yep. They pulled an EA, except for instead of just dissolving the company, the company will still be around. It just they'll just be working on. It's like a Bioware thing. Yes. It's uh, just hurtful. Except for... Bioware wanted to make Anthem. Like I can say that for them, but it's not even true. They wanted to make Anthem. And I will always shake my head when I realize that. Like seriously, you can <laughs> right? Like you can I keep wanting to blame EA, but that was that was just some interesting That's decisions. Yeah. You can make yeah. any game you want. Hell, you could have just did Dragon Age 4 already, but no. But coming back from how like how not just bad, not just embarrassing, not just insulting Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 was to win back so much acclaim, goodwill, buzz, name recognition, desire for a good version of that series. Like, they, they were like, and then to be rewarded, especially, like, they did the same thing for Crash. Like, which one am I talking about? Minus the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 thing. But, like, Crash you know, like, to, to do that twice. With two different series, and then to be like, cool, you're gonna make sure the like old versions of our games still work on new shit. Bye. Damn. Maintenance. You're a janitor now. You're a video game janitor. It's an important job. It just doesn't have a lot of clout. That's what I'm saying. It was a very apt example. I yeah. also respect custodians. 
from Brendan Sinclair from the GameIndustry.biz. This specific portion of the article says, um, "Going forward, the Vicarious Visions team of about 200 people will be employed of will be employees of Blizzard and fully dedicated to existing Blizzard games and initiatives." Which means Tony Upper Skater um, One Two Studio will no longer be creating games as a lead developer. Definitely. So, oh god, totally. We're so from here on forward, we're not talking about me and Christian are not going to be talking about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three and Four Remastered. Oh god, so like, sad. We're not going to be talking about I mean, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 is the only one we needed, so, like, I got what I needed, but it's still sad. Like, I liked it 3 and 4 because it was a natural progression because you can actually get off your board, prop, like, actual, like, an actual skater who, as someone who's a former skater, like, you can literally, like, help yourself set up a fucking line and shit, but 2, 1, 2, my only grip is that forward momentum that you always have to fucking navigate the drought joystick. That was my only gripe with the OG Tony Hawk games and now the remaster. But it, it does suck that we won't get to see their take on a remaster of a three of three and four. Or if they was gonna do, was they gonna do a remaster of um, Crash Team Racing? No, oh, don't what? even tease me. Cause that would. I was hoping for one, but I don't. I don't know if that was ever actually official. I was hoping for one because that was my jam. Right. That was like the only Crash game I actually played. I didn't even play the any of the Crash games, but only Crash Team Racing. And that was actually fun. And me and my brothers would play that shit nonstop. <laughs> like the only game that we all can be like, we not we don't want to fight one another at the end of the fucking game. Now Mario Party, the Smash Brothers, that's that's a different story. <laughs> Fist. <laughs> and You're like in those. Oof. Now, if it's Monopoly, I'm not allowed to be the banker or to go first. Based off of playing D&D with you, I can see why. Look, <laughs> look here's the thing, Tangent. If you do not get the first two rows next to go, that is on you. I'm thinking strategy-wise. Take over Park Place, Boardwalk Avenue, then the other two, um, the names that escape me, after go. So either way, you're giving me money. Yep. Uh, to be fair, open. I do the same thing. Whatever. Shit. No, Baldur's blue, isn't it? Or the two shitty ones? I don't remember. I'm not gonna guess. Uh, it was the the purple ones. Well, they were brown right? and they then were they purple. made them purple. No. But, like... but, and then also, apparently, it's cheating by turning the mo the shitty areas into now hotels, which would give me more fucking money. Look. It's all oh, that's not cheating. That's playing the game. Here's the thing. Yeah, that's literally the game. I just find capitalism and, as a result, Monopoly super tedious, long, and boring. And then it usually just causes fights. I've never finished a game Monopoly. My friends and I always got bored. Yeah, we've all, we've always like the longest game I think I've ever played of Monopoly is like three and a half hours, and we almost ended it. Right. It's like you get a clear winner at a certain point, but everyone's just passing around the same dollar for 12 years because surprise, that's what happens in fucking capitalism. Yep. Like that's where we're at now. We're all passing the same nickel to each other on fucking Patreon. Like, <laughs> to which you can it's like you win. Stop it. Can we just re-roll and like have the banker deal out money to everyone again? Oh, because wait, it's that's... never a quick win. 
No, it never is. That we're living through it. It's never quick. That's why my brother. We too. need like you know the socialist banker to just give everyone fucking money again. But I'll settle for my two hundred dollar Pasco stimulus. Hence why my brother. You like that? Monopoly, <laughs> Even Monopoly has a fucking UBI. Right. <laughs> That's the greatest joke I'll ever make. God damn it. Oh my god. Now I have to tweet that. So if y'all aren't already, follow Kaylee on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> I do. Patreon and Twitter is simply at Quirk of Art. Yeah. Um, Twitch. And Twitch as well. But I, I wouldn't consider this what they're doing, the fucking Monopoly. Because Vicarious Visions was acquired by Activision in 2005. So this was like an inevitability, basically. It, yeah, but even even if... They couldn't have predicted the success of like bringing back Crash and freaking Tony Hawk. But they happened very far apart. Like, it's been a minute. It's like, oh, you got two successes? We'll wait until like some months have gone by to really soak in just how successful your second crazy success was. And then we'll announce the slap in the face job reassignment. Like, if anything, why do I feel like this is just like certain certain people in certain positions that no longer want to be there? And they say, well, you know what? Let's just push the company into something else. And we don't have to fucking be here to do this. Let's just take our cash out and leave. Right, I, I was don't, immediately I don't excited. Know if that's true. I'm just saying that's what it fucking feels like. They announced that, and I was just like, "Oh, that's so cool. That means all of the talented people from that studio are gonna leave now." <laughs> like, yeah. They're gonna go form their own fucking indie studio that makes a baller game and then get bought by another large company, probably Ubisoft or something. And, uh -huh. You know, whatever. Cycles repeat. Yep. And speaking of Ubisoft, they now have the license to Lucas Games, <laughs> and they're making an open world. Star Wars game. Now, I'd rather have an open world Star Trek game. I think it's time. It is time. Like you mean open world, but not Star Trek Online? I here's the thing. An MMO is different than open world. Yes, that's true. That's true. Those are different experiences. I only... When I want an open world, I want it open to me and me only, where I'm the god. Fair yes. enough. Enough. So like, oh god, I still haven't played God of War and I already have it. I need to play it. Jeez. Um, I only played two MMOs in my life. City of Heroes, which has not been defunct. We did a whole episode on that. And um, DC, DC Universe Online, which I totally just dropped off. After, like, I get it, them making it free to play, but spending so much money into that damn MMO and then... And then no perks because I put money into it. When they went to free to play, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with MMOs. Yeah, whenever something goes from paid to free to play, they really got to give like hella good perks to the people that bought it before it went free to play. Oh yeah. Just as those, like a hey, thanks for giving us money when like we really needed it and now we don't. Or in so... the case of certain recent burn gamers being like, hey, thanks for giving uh, Bungie three to four years worth of like continued revenue, and hey, we're gonna go free to play now. Hey, um, this is Bethesda calling. I just wanted to thank you for the year and a half of playtesting to make uh, Fallout 76 a somewhat, like, I don't know, legitimate game. And that's really cool. So here's more of nothing. I, I, feel, I, I feel there's a story there. We should know before I talk about something about Star Trek. I'm, I'm wondering, like, cause we're, just because we're on the topic of, like, MMO uh, versus open world. I recently got into Monster Hunter World. 
And I don't know what to classify that as. Is that an MMO or an if open world? If it's an MMO, it's a really shitty one. And if it's an open world game, it's not very open. So I don't right. know which direction it fails in. But I wanted to fuck a guy that was obsessed with that game. And we played it all the time. And even that couldn't make me like it. It was like, okay, we're one slight, we're like one cutscene off in the story. Oh, that means we have to break the party apart. And then I have to go watch this cutscene and then come back to my home base and yeah, then the try to make the party again. Is- by far the worst and part. Then we're never together except when we're in the quote unquote open world that has a loading screen every twenty feet. And that's the only time you get to be and then when you, like it was so just constantly like together but not together. It was like every relationship I've ever had. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 pretty much been my experience with it up until this point. It's it like when I play it alone, I love this game. Yeah, when I play like, it with other people, it's like, stuff. why the hell do I not want to play it with other people when it's a major function of this game? Yeah, and it's just it's too unwieldy. Yeah. <laughs> I was having this discussion literally yesterday with the the guy who DMs the campaign I'm in right now. Because yeah. he's he and I are the only two that we know each other that play right now. And we were just having this topic because it's like, why is it why does it feel like the designers of Monster Hunter World very much planned it out like it's going to be a single player game until you finish the entire thing and then once you're done then you start doing the MMO stuff but we're yes. going to encourage you to do the MMO stuff while you're doing the story anyways that is exactly how it feels and then even if that was true even if it was just like end game only multiplayer why can I only walk 10 feet without a fucking loading screen there's I, like it never i was like okay i have to explore this tiny little bubble to completion and like sometimes monsters would run between loading screen lines and it's like just don't let them do that you know that it's gonna trigger a loading screen i'm gonna be fucked like oh yeah <laughs> they wanted, like, I don't know, it, it, maybe it's just like they wanted to do something that was a little overly ambitious so like it'll be better in the newer iterations that have more technology behind them i don't know but that's the weird thing. The, the game didn't come out that crazy long ago. No, it didn't. That's it why feels, I was like, I it expect feels better. Like it came out in 2005 or something. It came out in what, 2007? No, it came out in like 2017 or something. Right, I was going to say something. It came out uh, kind of funny prom, like right around that time. I think so, yeah. Wow. It's, 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 just, it's in a very weird place for me because it's like, I. Yeah, 2017. I can't, I can't decide whether I really like this game or I really hate it. Yes, me too. Like, yeah. what is up with freaking? I'm only bringing it up just because we brought up MMOs and open world. But oh my god, like it's just been on my mind recently. The reason why I brought it up, <laughs> um, you can do. It's basically taking the same principle of Mass Effect, but you is just keeping the cores of Star Trek. Like let's not let's not use Kurt, let's not use Janeway or any of the captains. Let the player create their own starship captain with a crew that uh, uh, their own crew, and let's go on adventures. You can give us it can be a linear story from start to finish, but just let us go on an adventure. Yeah. Give us the yeah, option. that would be cool. That the- would be a great like just RPG. You just described Mass Effect. Yeah, but I just want you to know that. I know, but 
Well, actually, well, I, I also want Star Trek flavored Mass Effect. Like, there's no shame in saying that. Yeah. I just want Star Trek flavored Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah that would be cool. Because with Mass Effect, I want alien species I can fuck, and one of them better be that green chick. Like, you know, I just it's what I want. <laughs> Thank you for that. It, don't we all? Don't we all? That's uh, just right? that's just Thank a good you. goal. But, that's the most important part of Mass Effect. Don't we even pretend it's not? I know. But one of the things I love about Star Trek, they actually talk their way out of a fight and until like negotiate it or try to bro- broker peace and not i do like the abrams trilogy but it was always action and it was always oh fuck the enterprise got destroyed where was like like I, and i do know the original eight movies the one with picard the ones with picard and um kurt yes their ships were also destroyed but still most of the majority of those was them actually talking trying to broker peace trying to like violence is not always the answer right the mission is always diplomacy first yes and i want to see like buck the trend in these fucking games let's see this actually have the player use your fucking mind for once and try to use your mind and instead of going in the direction of violence see if you can actually use diplomacy. yeah shoot see if you could do a perfect pacifist playthrough See, oh, go. that would be amazing! I would right? love that. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. But I don't like I, I I don't know how Paramount is handling their fucking property with Star Trek. Like it's like horribly to me. Like, it's taking them so long to make another movie while Star Wars is just churning this shit out. They would yeah, but I don't money. like that stuff. Like I'm I'm really getting tired of Star Wars. I gotta be honest. Yeah. They're just burning me the fuck out on it. I do not. I, there's like imagine if we had like way fewer shitty things, and it was more like we were on movie two of the trilogy, and we had like the Mandalorian, and that was like it. <laughs> like yeah. You know, maybe we had like either Solo or Rogue One, but like you know, like what the shit? There's just so much. In that situation, I would have picked Rogue One over Solo. I also would have, but I think that Solo, when they got brave enough to start doing things that were like, you know, this isn't canon, or like, this is a totally different tone, and it's just like a fun, different movie that's also... Because nobody's brave enough for that yet, except for DC, and they get shit on for it all the time. But like, once people started going like, we're going to do weird tones within our same universe, then Solo would be ready. Yeah. They've been dabbling with it as much as people want to want to shit. They've been dabbling on it with like Deadpool is the bravest they'll get. It has to make Deadpool levels of money for them to go anything even kind of outside the MCU True. framework. And hey, shoot, Deadpool. I, I heard Deadpool's getting what? Not only is the third one coming, but it is still going to be R. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. Because as soon as it's not, that's how you know that they forgot why it was successful. It's really yeah. easy. Like, Kevin, <laughs> like here's the thing, though, and this is why Kevin Feige is smart. Yes. They have a formula, and they're starting to include, like, Captain America was a World War II movie. Uh, Winter Soldier was an espionage movie. Civil War was a literal war movie. Infinity War was just a global pandemic movie. People were like, it's not... WandaVision's fun. Like, the fact that they're doing WandaVision is a really good sign of, like, existing in a maybe, like, solo, uh, you know, like a post-solo movie. Yeah, the... the 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 first two episodes of WandaVision I enjoyed, and I'm gonna watch the new one today. Um, and also we have the first two episode review up already now on the podcast, and we're gonna be doing three and four next week, people. So if you guys haven't checked that out yet, go ahead and uh, don't get off of this one. Just just put it in the queue. Listen to it after this one. You know, we'll bring it up again. It's fine. You guys don't don't worry about it. We got this. 
Yeah. I got um, you. But for Star Trek, like, I haven't seen Discovery, and I really want to see Discovery. I do too. I wish it wasn't on that stupid fucking doohickey. But it's I've seen that now, isn't it? I've seen some of Discovery, and uh, Discovery is cool for what it is. It doesn't feel. It doesn't remind me enough of like the older Star Trek shows to where I enjoy it the same way. Hear me out. This is really, really, really oversimplifying. So it's just like a cute little more of a joke. But I feel like most Star Treks, like each each iteration kind of picks a social issue and so like you know we had deep space nine and it's like okay here's our black eye captain and we'll deal with like race and like race relations and it was like okay voyager's gonna be like everyone has to listen to a girl boss and what's that gonna be like and i feel like so we had like misogyny and racism and now we have like a very very lgbt focused show that i think is mm-hmm. more gonna so like in terms of what resonates most with most people, I feel like I see a lot more LGBT Star uh, Star Trek fans saying really positive things about Discovery as opposed to not LGBT fans. And I think that speaks to the fact that that's more the focus of this Star Trek in yeah. a way that like other seasons were, I don't think subtle about it, but like subtle enough mm-hmm. um, that when it spoke to you, you just were like, I like this. I don't quite know why. And I think that's oh, no, what's no. happening with Discovery. Yeah, for, in that aspect, that's something that like is a highlight for of the show for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I really do enjoy that aspect of the show a lot. That's been like my pet theory. So I'm glad that I'm like, you were like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, that, okay. that, that, that does make sense dream. to me because it's like, <laughs> that's the stuff of Discovery I like. The things that I don't is just like, is honestly more, more, more plot line stuff okay. than, than like issue stuff like when it comes to stuff like that I'm actually really happy with where Discovery has gone from what I've seen because it is like you said it is a very positive LGBTQ plus show like in a in, but it, very it has loud way as opposed to like because they're uh, just to be clear like other Star Treks have been like have done positive LGBT things but I think that no no, no yeah they have I'm just saying like I do agree with you on like the focus this like aspect planet, of what you're saying yeah I feel like but it's more intentional my, my thing is like when like I do enjoy the show for what it is it doesn't feel like a Star Trek show to me for what I normally watch Star Trek for though mm-hmm. because normally when I watch Star Trek like at least for me. I know that doesn't mean like I'm not I don't want to be that toxic, whatever. But I'm just saying like for me it's different, but I still appreciate what's different in it. Okay. But the but the thing the like concurrently when Discovery first started coming out, also the Orville was coming out. And the Orville weirdly felt more like more structured like a traditional Star Trek show to me than Discovery did. I feel that, but I think that's because the Orville was specifically molding itself over, like, what people think a Star Trek show should be and then moving their parody from there, whereas Star Trek Discovery was like, we know what Star Trek should be, and so we're going to, like, try to do different things. And I like to reward the bravery of doing different things, even if it's not always successful. So. I'm going to give them points out loud for being like intentionally being like, hey, we're going to do like a bunch of weird different shit a lot of the time. Even and that's not saying that one that different good shit is good <laughs> um, or that I want a lot more of any particular flavor of it. But I like the idea that they have enough creative freedom to do some weird shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could hopefully it'll consistently I mean, get I still better. I haven't seen anything of Picard. And yeah, that's the one where. I feel like they were like, oh, Discovery doesn't have that, like, Star Trek flair. Let's make Picard. And so it's like you kind of can get your pick. Like, yeah. super, super, like, straight shot nostalgia to the veins. Or do you want, like, totally different? Which isn't, like, it's a solution. I would like a little bit of both, you know? But yeah. 
I understand that they're doing it like Pokemon oh. style. Like why I like not to wait continue for the, the, the the movie series that you guys had already started that for some reason is now like feeling like it's about to be abandoned. I feel like it's because Anton Yelchin died and yeah. then everything went like I love Anton Yelchin. I think I talk about this all the time, but like I I loved those movies and then as soon as he died I was like I don't wanna wa- I haven't seen the one after he died. I just I yeah, have not watched any of that stuff. Like same, I can't I engage with it. So and it's a shame because I really love Chris Pine as Captain Kirk. I think the casting is really good, but I do think that they kind of need to like maybe reboot the movies. Usually, I'm not one to demand a reboot, but I think if they're going to respect Anton Yelchin enough to where they've already said they're not going to recast him, um, either they need to turn the movies like, okay, now we're going to go to like Picard times and like we're going to recast it that way, like not reboot, but yeah. Why did you say that? We did an episode where we actually talked about casting. yeah. The the um the next generation cast. We did. We did. And it would be the guy that played Professor X in the first class movies. I can't remember his name right now. James McAvoy. From... Yes, guy. James McAvoy. I'm like, it's a really obvious name. I'm going to feel we, dumb. Yeah, James we, McAvoy should do it. No we, one else. We said that. We, we, we did say that, that yeah. yeah. And like, honestly, See, I would be true. more than okay with that. And we also said Zachary Levi as Riker. As Riker. Ooh. Oh, man. Oh, I gotta listen to some episode. Okay, anyway, <laughs> give you guys you know, listening a little taste. Yeah, we, uh, uh, we, uh, we actually went through it, um, and I'm actually going gonna, gonna agree with you on this one. I wish I had a VPN so I can watch Discovery and Picard. On- oh my god, I got a VPN, you guys! It's amazing. I can watch Drag Race a full 24 hours early if I set my VPN to Thailand. It's fantastic. Hey, maybe we should. Uh, maybe hey, Express VPN or Nord, whoever wants to reach out to us first. Right? I mean, I'll switch. I have ExpressVPN right now, and they can buy my love, or they can easily lose it if someone gives me money to like them more. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we here John Cosmo Robot are not afraid to shale ourselves out for free stuff. Right? If it's a thing I'm already going to use, then, you know, fuck it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely read a pre-prepared message of Express or Nord or any other sort of VPN service that would like to sponsor us. If we didn't say your VPN, maybe it's because you're not on enough podcasts. You should start being on more podcasts. Like this maybe one. you should use us to start getting your name out there for that. Hey, <laughs> so smart. We are. That's why he's going to be an astronaut. Yeah, we are streamed in five countries, you guys. So huh? I am honestly both surprised and very humbled that there are people in in multiple countries. Like regardless, it's not. It's just people using VPNs. There you go. There you go. <laughs> You're not gonna kill my joy, and with that, standing. That is the. This is this episode of the John Contraband Robot. Thank you for listening to us. I don't care if you're using using VPN or NordVPN. You are listening to us, and that is great. Yeah, you did a good job with your life choices. Yes. I got you here. Um, as always, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Um, Apple's being punks, punk ass bitches. So. Coming whenever they realize it's been a mistake to keep us off for so long, soon to Apple Podcasts. They denied us again today. <laughs> so they just they just don't want explicit. That's all it is. They just don't want explicit. Yeah. Um as always Butthole. Yeah, buttholes. As always, practice social distancing. Stay safe. Stay away. Just stay safe. We are already now close to the million depth mark we don't need to know one of our listeners has passed i had to be is that in this on a downward note but still stay safe practice social distancing um something i'm going to use now do something positive if you're an artist 
do some dope shit. And if you're in Christian's case, a scientist, work on that shit so you can save the planet. Watch Cat, Drag Race. Or watch Drag Race. Or <laughs> if you have the mind, watch Star Trek Discovery. And tell me about it. I don't mind spoilers. Just give me. No, just um, make sure that you guys download the episode where they discuss who their dreamcasts are. I told the audience I'd remind them. So just don't forget. We told you not to do it before. But now that this episode's over and you're like, oh, I need something else to listen to. Fuck. But like, I'm still like, I got like three hours left in the shift. Don't trip. Just dreamcast. I'm really excited to see who Riker's going to be fucking. <laughs> I will find that episode and repost it. So. That? Who could even possibly be seven of nine? Oh my god! Seven, Wait, who did we say for seven of nine? It'd probably just be Zendaya. You know, if you we, don't know who it is, it's always gonna be Zendaya. We didn't cast Voyager. We cast DC. We oh, that's right. I, I wanted to cast Voyager, and we. Well, ended I was up say, okay. if they do movies, they could have a TNG movie. But then obviously they would have to have Voyager and Deep Space Nine. Oh, me. Oh my Cisco. god. Okay. Oh, who would be Cisco? Anyways, listen okay. to the episode. I'm sure. The it's good. Uh, what's his name? The guy. Um. Oh my god, why am I forgetting his name? The guy that played Luke Cage. The Old Spice? Oh, he's an Old Spice guy. That guy could do it too. We'll do a casting episode. Not next week, the week after with Kaylee and all of us. So, they got their homework. I got my homework. Till next time. Peace.